Matt, I got to tell you, I, being a broadcaster of 44 years, I totally get into this book. In fact, I'm going to suggest this book to all of my students because I'm a broadcast instructor. They've got to study this book. Don't just read this book. They've got to study this book. Wow. Thank you so much, Arrow. Um, I hope it helps. I, I can't tell you the outpouring I've had from people in our business. That I was just telling Rory O'Neill, it's blown me away how many people share this experience we've had, uh, especially a panic. But Well, Matt, I used to have a program director that used to come into the studio with me, and he would hit me on the arm every time I'd open up that microphone. And one day I looked at him, I said, why do you do that? He says, you have to learn how to tune out the world to finish up your story. And he says, one day you're going to be in a position, and you're going to thank me for coming in here and hitting you in the arm every time. Huh. <laughs> Unorthodox, but perhaps works. <laughs> But, but I love that. There is something about physical pain, by the way. What's there? Is, there is physical well, pain takes you out of your brain for a sec. It's it's actually some people pinch themselves or have a pin that they poke themselves in the leg with. You're so right about that. Or I'd put a, a little piece of cork in the upper part of my lip so that I could be aware of what I was saying and I wasn't just going off the handle. You're kidding. No. <laughs> That should be in a book. I wish I'd known. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're only. So did you did you have triggers or anything like that? How did you calm or curve the, the anxiety? Because we all go through it. Because once that microphone or that camera opens up, you're on. I had a lot of triggers. I mean, for me, the biggest trigger was just thinking about who was on the other side of the camera. And it wasn't the 10 million people watching ABC World News tonight. Um, it was the David Muir's, the Robin Roberts, the George Stephanopoulos, these esteemed and respected colleagues who I thought the world of, I wanted to do right by them. And the fear of not doing right, of failing, was so powerful that it drove me into panic attacks. Um, and one of the things that I set out to do in this book and really before the book, it was just about healing me, was to figure out why it was that I had such debilitating anxiety and panic because I thought I was some kink in the human genome, that I was broken. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know why I was broken. I learned through evolutionary psychology, Arrow, that I'm not broken, that anxiety is an actual evolutionary adaptation. Learning to be scared sooner was the best thing humans ever learned how to do. It's why we didn't get eaten by the lions on the savannah. We learned how to plan future hunts and all sorts of things. Um, and a panic is basically your brain telling you that there is some sort of threat happening. It's a false alarm. But the evolutionary psychologists say that your brain prefers having a thousand false alarms rather than having a missed alarm. Because your brain doesn't really care if you're happy or content. It wants you to do two things, survive and procreate. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so anything beyond that, if you feel contentment or happiness, that's a bonus. Pat yourself on the back. You've done good. How do you deal with those that are closest to our hearts? Because a lot of times they don't understand what we live with or go through. And sometimes, you know, that PTSD is a big secret in our creative hearts. I mean, with my my wife basically lived it with me. So she knew so well what I was going through and was very supportive. Um, and she would said, you don't have to do this anymore, Matt. You can leave the business. We'll downsize. We'll figure something out. Um, so I, I've, I've been very supported. Um, but the thing is, Arrow, that lots of folks, and this is, this is what compelled me to write a book, Panic, lots of folks suffer in silence. And I yes. didn't really know that 
until I started sharing, until I summoned the courage about a year and change into my effort to try to stop panicking on air, that I learned how many people suffer. So statistically, it's 28 to 50% of Americans. Um, but a lot of people don't tell even survey takers that they're having panic attacks. And so I finally sat down on a plane on a Southwest flight after my last full-on panic on World News Tonight in December 2020, and I blurted everything out to this complete random stranger. She and I are still friends, Kat Armato, and she began telling me that she also has panic attacks. And her daughter <laughs> is emetophobic, which is a fear of choking, which causes her to have panic attacks. And then I started trying to define panic attack support groups, of which there were only three mm. nationally that you could join. There are 64,000 AA groups. And I learned how terribly underserved, underrecognized, and undersupported people who have panic are in our society. And that's what, and that was the catalyst for me to write this book. I know that I needed to help these people. I needed to get the word out and I needed to break apart this thousand pounds of concrete shame that clung to the issue of panic and that I carried around and to the stigma that all those people out there had carried around for all these years. Um, and that's that was really the purpose of writing the book. Uh, in addition to trying to find healing for myself. I challenge you to turn this into a podcast, turn this book into a podcast, because I want to hear your voice. I want you to I want you to explain your experiences so that while we're driving, we can sit there and hear your emotions, because writing on a page, that's our interpretation. Hearing you speak today. Oh, my God. I, I it's, it's like, oh, my God. Well, thank you so much, Daryl. I, I appreciate that. Uh, we'll see one day, maybe. Please. I don't know. <laughs> Do people really want to hear me talk about my panic or I think I would share other people's stories, but yeah, they do. Yeah. They really do. But my biggest podcast is actually me talking about how creativity is an addiction. Oh, that's really interesting. So yeah, they do because they want to be able to relate with somebody that isn't a, a crime story or a murder mystery or anything like that. Or even a, Hey, mm -hmm. I can turn this business into a bigger business. They want to hear from you. Okay. Challenge is on. Oh, uh, challenge is on. I'll be in touch. Mike, can you get me okay, Arrow's uh, info? I'll pass it along. Excellent. All right. You be brilliant today, okay, sir? Thank you, Shaman. I appreciate that. You bet. Thank you. All right. Thanks. <laughs>